Welcome to the Capstone Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Preeti Korean. For more information about us, visit capstone-church.org. Let me tell you something. Peter is simply saying, grace and peace be multiplied. How does it get multiplied? When you have knowledge of your God. When you have knowledge of your God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know why people don't get excited? Because they don't know God. They forget who God is. They forget his benefits. We like to make him ordinary. Oh, maybe he will answer or maybe he won't. You know, my daughter is right now in, uh, in, in, in university. If she calls, I will answer. I'm not going to say, oh, no, right now she's called me three times. Her quota for the day is finished. Why would our Father in heaven stop answering? We need to know our God. It's when we don't know God that we think he doesn't answer. Hallelujah. I have eight minutes. Look at this. I'm going to read John 17, verse 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Let me tell you something. Your perfection in this season is completely wrapped up in knowing God and Jesus. See, I know my father and he is good. I am filled with giggles because my father is good. You can take away anything you want. But I will hold on to Romans 8, 28, that it will work out for my good. Do you understand? We need to know who our God is. My God will work out everything for my good. My God. We need to know our God. Verse 3 says this, I'm going to go quickly. As his divine power has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Look at this. Say, God has given. See, God has given us everything. The enemy for, makes us forget it. God has given us everything. I want to get back the sharpness of my calling. I want to get back the, the I do. Look at this. He says, God, it doesn't say God will give. It says God has given. God has already given us everything pertaining to life. Everything that we need to reflect God's true nature has been given to us. Do you know why the nature of God is important in our lives? Because if we have the nature of God, we will create like God does. If we have the nature of God in our lives, we will love like God does. If we have the nature of God in our lives, we will give like God gives. If we have the nature of God in our lives, every darkness gets hovered over and turned into the beautiful earth that we see. That's why you and I need the nature of God. And the nature of God has already been given to us. And this, through the nature of through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and virtue. Let me, let me say this. How do you grow in the knowledge of him? And this is my message to the church. If you want to grow in the knowledge of God, you run to him. Not run from your father. <laughs> you run to your father. 
This is our season to run back. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to tell you, say Preeti's going to give me some keys. So this is the first key. How do you grow in the knowledge of him? You grow in the knowledge of him through his word. If you're not reading the word of God, you're hungry. And when you get hungry, you get hangry. You know what I'm saying? Any of you have ever gotten hangry before? Yeah? So, who, is Eben saying no? I can uh, testify. <laughs> when, when, see, when, when Stephen gets hungry, we all know it. Okay, when Stephen gets hungry, he starts making puppy dog eyes at us. You know, the admin team, he walks by my office like this. So my door's always open, and then he'll walk back like this. You know, and it's like this, it's like five times, and I know, like, you know. And then he'll stand outside my door and go, <sighs> okay, why? Because we eat lunch together, okay? And Stephen will be like, and I'll be like, Stephen, are you hungry? And then he'll lean against my door frame. That's how it is, okay? Why? Because that man cannot function when he's hungry. At all. At all. You can ask him to tie his shoelaces, but it'll be, you know, and like 45 minutes later, he'll still be tying his shoelaces, okay? Thank you, Stephen. See, if we don't have the word in our lives, we're hungry. We can't function. His word is our food. How do we grow in the knowledge of him? You pray. And as you pray, you know what he does? He answers. And when he answers, you understand who God is. You know, somebody came to me and said, um, years ago, they wanted to get, uh, they, they, I was speaking to them about salvation and speaking to them about getting born again and all of that. And they came to me and they said, my son needs a breakthrough. If he gets a job breakthrough, then I will give my life to Christ. I love it when people challenge God. Okay, so I said, okay. I said, uh, I prayed, and the Lord said, within 24 hours. And I, and I was like, Lord, can I say at least 48? And uh, the Lord said, no, 24 hours. He's going to get a job breakthrough. And within 24 hours, he got a job breakthrough. She called me up, okay? And she said, I know that God lives. Why? Because he answers prayer. How do you grow in the knowledge of God when you pray? If you don't pray, you're not growing. Hallelujah. You know how you grow in the knowledge of God? Through worship. See, thanksgiving and praise are actually our appropriate response to the majesty of God. And, but they are utterances. Praise, we speak it, we shout it. Thanksgiving, we give it. But worship is not primarily an utterance. Worship is an attitude. We can all come in and sing the loudest, shout the loudest. But unless our hearts are, it's, worship is an attitude of our whole being. In this season, God is looking for people who will shift the nation. And if you want to position yourself for that, it's simple things. It's through the word, learn it. Through prayer, ask it. It's through worship. Worship is an attitude. We all know when we can come into the house of God, we can sing the right songs, but we won't have the right attitude. Attitude is a response to, worship is actually giving God his worth. That's what worship means, you know? So there are specific attitudes of worship. Like you look at Moses, when, uh, when he encountered God, you know what the Lord said? I mean, they said, what did, what did they do? They bowed down, took off their shoes. There were external things that was done. And so let me say this again. We're not from traditional church backgrounds. We're from heaven. 
Hallelujah. And coming from heaven, we need to have the worship of the Bible. And I'm going to stress on this because you will, I'm telling you right now, when I got saved, I'm going back to the basics. The, the leaders of that retreat said, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, stand up. This casualness of worship, bless you with that. Okay, but I don't know if that's going to get you the breakthrough for your season. Why? Because I go by the word of God. Verse 7 of Psalm 95 says this, Oh, come, let us worship him and bow down. When was the last time we knelt before our God? That is an act of worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. You know how we grow in the knowledge of him? Through community. The community of God's people. As we fellowship with one another, have you ever been challenged by another Christian? And you said, I'm never going to talk to them again. I hate them. They're not spiritual. They're bringing me down. That's not right. They're sharpening you. Or they're pointing out your edges. So creepy. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want to go to this point, okay, and says this. How do we obtain all the things pertaining to life? Say, I want to obtain all the things pertaining to life. The word of God says in verse 4, by which having been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Do you know how to move into the next thing? Study his promises. Learn his promises. Psalm 138 verse 2 says that God honors his word above his name. Never doubt the promises of God. If God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. You know, when you read a book, I don't know which books you've read, I'm going to take one of the most best-selling books, which is Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. If you are in the middle of that book, you'll think that Elizabeth Bennet is going to marry the other guy. Uh, we'll, we'll, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then if you go at the time when they're going to uh, uh, the lady's house, you'll think that they'll never get together, Darcy and Elizabeth. Where you stop a story is important. If you look at a story when you're fighting with your spouse on that night, you'll think it's a full stop, finished, kalas, done. But two weeks later, you may be all loved up. I don't know. So I want you to understand this. God has given us provision for us. And the provision is in the promises. Say the provision is in the promises. God's word will never fail. Say the provision is in the promises. Hallelujah. The provision is in the promises. See at this season, I need God to move. I need God to shift my tests into testimonies. Evan gave me that on Friday night or something. Thursday. Your test will become your testimony. I need God to shift it. How many of you remember Jacob and his brother Esau? Jacob was running, fleeing from Esau. He had nothing in his hand but a staff and nowhere to lay his head but a stone. But as he was sleeping in that open desert, he had a dream of heaven. You know, to be honest, 
if I could have a dream of heaven, I would sleep on any stone, I'm just telling you now. And in this dream of heaven, Jacob saw a ladder. The foot of the ladder was on the earth, and the top of the ladder was in heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending, or descending and ascending. And this is what a preacher I heard says, the promises of God are like. Every rung is a promise. God gave Jacob promises in that desert. First seven years, it didn't look like it was fulfilled. The next seven years, it didn't look like it was fulfilled. But a promise that God has given you, he will fulfill. Hallelujah. Every rung is a promise. Take a promise, climb higher. Dream bigger for things you can't do. Don't limit God to whatever is your natural nature. Hallelujah. See, if I stand here, maybe not everybody can see me. Well, here you can. Not everybody can see me. I'm normal. When I trust a promise, I'm one step higher. I've stepped into a supernatural level. As I believe another promise, I've stepped one step higher. Going up, going up to the high places. I'm going up. I'm trusting God that I will be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. And how do I keep myself in that? Because I may feel it on a Sunday morning, but how do I keep myself in that? And it goes on to say this, verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, say diligence, say diligence. See, you have to be, you have to be diligent in keeping yourself in the promises and provision of God. If God said it, he will do it. Otherwise, the promises are like the thief coming and stealing in the night, in the midst of your darkness, whatever promises he, that God has given you. That's not my portion. Say, that's not my portion. Hallelujah. Do you know, what, if someone is absolutely drunk, would we allow them to come into church? No, right? We'd be like, no, thank you. But do you know that God opposes laziness more than drunkenness? There are more scriptures against laziness. Laziness is the opposite of diligence. Slothfulness is the opposite of diligence. Many of us are losing our rungs of promise because of lack of diligence, lack, because of laziness. The word of God is very clear about this. It says this, you know, see, uh, with that, I'm going to read this statement. Without giving all diligence, there is no gaining any ground in the work of holiness. Those who are slothful in, slothful in the business of relationships, say in the business of relationships. You know, like, I'm, I'm honest, I'm, like, when I'm, some seasons, I'm unable to make phone calls or check up or keep relationships strong. And there are some people who get affected by it. And if I'm not diligent in that, I'm going to lose relationships. Am I right? If I don't call you for a year and then I call you out of the sudden, you'll be like, and I say, I love you. I, I love you. You'd be like, no, you don't. See, being lazy in the business of relationship will make nothing of it. Luke 13, 24, can you put that up, please? 
strive to enter say strive say strive this word has become a dirty word in the in the body of Christ sometimes it basically means work hard to enter through the narrow gate this is the words of my Lord Jesus Christ for many I say to you will seek to enter but will not be able to the Lord says simply this giving everything to diligence add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love for in all these things are yours and abound you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of God our Lord Jesus Christ but if you lack these things you are short-sighted even blind and have forgotten the one who has cleansed you therefore brethren be even more diligent to make your call and election sure for if you do these things you will never stumble and the entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ let me tell you just go through this portion of scripture we need to be perfect in the season, we need to have our relationship with our Lord simple. I am a bond servant of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let go of my apostolic or my ministerial calling, but I'm going to see it multiplied with, through grace and through peace. You look at the scripture, it says, I, I have been given everything pertaining to life. Why? I'm going to hold on to the promises of God and I'm going to diligently, say diligently, seek him Hebrews 11 6 says this that it is without faith it is impossible say impossible to please God how many of you would like to please God yes you know what the scripture says it doesn't say it is not just difficult to please God without faith it is impossible hallelujah there is no other foundation in our Christian life but the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ and it's atonement for our, on our behalf. I am seeing this. I'm looking at how I shift my season. I'm looking at how I will become perfect in my season. I'm just going through 2 Peter 1. And I'm seeing simple truths revealed. Did you notice I just read the scriptures. But the scripture is very clear. Christianity is not whitewashed walls. What is a true and living relationship with a living, loving God? Hallelujah. And we will be expected to do things above which we can normally do. And when we do those things, we will become partakers of God's nature. And we will shift the atmosphere where we are at. I want to change. And I'm studying the word. So, I don't know if you guys understood what I said. I received this word about four or five weeks ago and I've been sitting on it because I told the Lord, I said, not everybody's going to understand it. But those of you who do, I'm asking you, God reveals himself to people at certain seasons to shift that season. I want to be one of them. Hallelujah. So I'm asking you right now, if you have not been open to God, if you've told him what he can do, if you've not been diligent with your calling, I want you to stand up right now and sort yourself out with the Lord. If the worship team can just come back. See, I don't want you to come here and not engage with God. And for those of you who are looking at your watches, bless you. 
Because the thing is, I'm looking at service nowadays, and I, I really have said this. Service is not two hours. That's a modern concept. I don't want, see, you know why we have the different, why we have elements during worship? Like we have different elements in a service, why? So that each person can encounter God. So that you do the, the, the basic things that gives you your five a day. So if you're not doing, if, so if you are not doing your worship, you're not having maybe your proteins. If you're not giving, you're not doing what the Lord has asked you to do. I'm, I'm not here for sound bites. I'm really here so that you and I can understand and serve our God. And I want you, it's not about me, I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord. I want you to ask him, Lord, have I worshipped you well? Lord, have I participated as a partner with you? Have I forgotten your promises? Have I measured your grace? Hallelujah. I want to hear you, God. I want to meet you. You know, if you believe and obey God and his promises, you receive the very nature of God within you. And you will be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. The nature of God and corruption are not compatible. Hallelujah. You and I are called to change atmosphere, to shift darkness, to challenge evil. I want you to lift up your hands to the Lord. And I want you to worship Him. Can we sing? Coming back to the heart of worship. This may be the moment as, as you connect with God. You're shifting to the next rung of the ladder. You know, in Matthew chapter 4, when Satan starts speaking to Jesus in the wilderness, in the end, he says this. He says, if you will fall down and worship me, Satan wants you to fall down and worship him. So he doesn't want you to fall down and worship God. As you worship God, you will see your breakthrough. As you humble yourself before a living almighty God, this is your day of worship, of breakthrough. Come on, lift up your voice.
feel the Lord is saying that you have not um, there I feel the Lord is correcting us that we have not valued things that he has placed in our lives we has we have not valued people he has placed in our lives and I feel that God is calling us to repent right now and come to a heart of worship even the people the children everything that God has given us it's a gift it has been a gift it is God's goodness coming into us and so I feel that this is a time that we tell the Lord if we have not valued the people in our lives and if we've not valued who he has given us right now is a time to apologize you know apologize and come back it's not about some people it's about the people God has given us there's a statement I've written here it says perfection and love cannot be separated so come, let's just take a decision right now to change metanoia, to repent and come back to a heart of worship of a living God. The Word of God says that we are to love Him with all our being, with all our hearts, with all our minds and to love one another and to value one another, to honor one another. And the Word of God says that if we approach Him with a humble heart, He will not reject us, that He will restore us, rebuild us and that we shall be a beacon of light in the city that he has placed us this is our opportunity to come back into a place of worship in a place of humility in a place of surrender and say Lord not by my strength but by yours Lord let my life be perfected in you God of relationships father lord father turn the hearts of the fathers towards their sons father the sons towards their fathers the mothers towards their daughters father daughters towards their mothers father let there be a restoration father lord of relationships in the midst of us father lord lord bring back our sons bring back our daughters father father may we see father your name lord your name be glorified in the relationships that are in our lives father lord may we honor one another father May we value one another. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I just want you to do something right now. I want you to lift up to the Lord at least three people who've hurt you. You don't have to stop at three. I want you to lift up three people who have hurt you. And say, Lord, I forgive them. For I want to be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Come on, let's choose right now.
some of you are asking I don't know how I'll forgive let's worry about that later let's be free ourselves now I want you to forgive yourself for mistakes you yourself have made and I want you to lay your hands over your own spirit and say I forgive you for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. You were listening to the Capstone Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more great content and updates, connect with us on Instagram at capstone.church. See you next time.